my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hope you guys had a fantastic weekend. Uh, great show today. A ton to get to, as always. Uh, but it, it was a fun show. I was joined by my brother from another country, <laughs> Ian Hayworth. Yeah, it's always a great time talking to Ian. I think you guys will enjoy it. Uh, before I get to Ian, guys, please follow us on Twitter at No Gimmicks Pod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcast if you're on itunes please give us a five-star rating and a good review i'd really appreciate it and if you like the show and want to get involved you can support us monthly over on patreon patreon.com slash the no gimmicks podcast all right without further ado the great ian hayworth all right guys we're here with my brother ian hayworth ian how you doing my friend I'm doing okay. It's been a pretty strange, strange time. I mean, 2020 is one of the slowest years of all time, and this week, time has slowed down even more. I don't know if we're caught in a time vacuum or something, but something's going on. I swear, man, time is a flat circle. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Uh, what what a week. What a weekend. Um, I mean, the Pittsburgh Steelers are 8-0, so I don't <laughs> know. definitely <laughs> wrong. There, there's, some, there, there's some good news, I, I suppose. <laughs> Um, all right, let's just jump right into the news today, man. The big news breaking this morning, Pfizer uh, is, is saying that they've developed a COVID vaccine that will be available uh, by the end of the year, and they're saying it is 90% effective. Um, obviously, we'll see what happens, and we're going to get into the politics of all this in, in just a second. But, I mean, hey, man, we'll, we'll take the W. I mean, I'm fine taking the win on this one. Yeah, I mean, it's exciting, especially that let's not remember for the media gaslight, everyone, this is exactly what Trump said. Trump has been saying for months that, the vaccine is going to be delivered much sooner than we thought, that companies were coming together and really pushing hard on this. And the left and the mainstream media, which have basically the same thing at this point, just scoffed and laughed and said, oh, that's never happened. But I didn't I didn't necessarily think it was ha- would happen, but I didn't scoff in, in Trump's face. And they just told us all that Trump was lying, that there's no way a vaccine would come. And even if there was a vaccine, it was a political stunt and Kamala Harris wouldn't take it and was telling other people not to take it. But now the vaccine looks like it's going to come out sometime this month, probably widely distributed by early next year. And I think people need to be prepared that the mainstream media is going to tell us all that this was a direct outcome of Biden's win. Which is, of course, insane. Mm-hmm. Um, it, look, I mean, for the record, you know, we do have to, to mention that President Trump does deserve a lot of credit for this. Um part of his, uh, you know, the quote unquote Operation Warp Speed was cutting a, a ton of red tape. A bunch of uh, you know, regulatory red tape to allow these companies to develop a, a vaccine much faster than normal. Um, a, a Joe Biden would not have done that. A, a Democratic administration would not have done that. They love red tape. <laughs> they love the bureaucracy. So um, obviously, you know, props to the Trump administration cutting all this red tape and making it happen. Yeah, I bet. my worry is again though that they're just—he's never going to get the credit he deserves. He, oh, no, he hasn't got the credit he deserves for four years, and I think there's. People are already ready to move on from COVID. And I, I feel like in a month's time, people would have forgotten everything Trump did. And 
Biden is going to capitalize on this with the help of the media. I mean, there's if, if say, people are starting to be immunized early next year, the numbers start to drop. I can just imagine Biden and Kamala Harris doing a victory lap of their, their argument has been like a religious one of vote us in and everything will be solved just because. Okay. And the media is going to force this into that narrative. It's really disappointing. I mean, can you imagine, say, if this had happened a couple of days before the election, instead of a couple of days after? I think it would have been had a huge difference on at least the, the day of voting, because it's a huge achievement to have pushed a vaccine out in such a short amount of time when it usually takes years is incredible achievement for the Trump administration, which unfortunately I don't think he'll get any recognition for. Pfizer um, donated millions of dollars to the Biden campaign. Um, I think you'd have to be brain dead uh, or just a liar uh, if you're either stupid or dishonest enough to believe that Pfizer didn't sit on this news until after the election. I mean, if this was announced one week ago, seven days ago, Trump wins in a landslide. I... I I mean, the, the mar- it's within, what, a half a point in all these swing states? Trump mm-hmm. wins all of them um, if, if this news was announced one week ago. Uh, I haven't really seen anybody even make the case that Pfizer is not <laughs> was not politically motivated here. I, I, I don't see—I uh, mean, you, you just have to be the dumbest person on the face of the earth uh, to believe that um, that Pfizer is, is not a, a bad actor here politically. I—, I they they knew this was coming. This news was in the hopper, uh, and they waited till after the election. I I don't see another scenario. Do you? No, I think it's it's probably especially as they donated money. I think it's yeah. it's hard to imagine that they wouldn't have played some 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 strategy there. Again, though, that could fall on the Trump campaign if they knew all this information. Like if they were um, strongly involved, which I I assume they are, they should have been leaking a lot of this stuff. Like they should have made it very clear that this was days away. I think tr- if Trump was the only voice on this, people are very used to kind of filtering his thoughts because he says a lot of stuff. Right. And I, I place some blame on obviously on Pfizer and but Trump lost or is likely to lose. I think for a lot of a lot of the reasons are because of his behavior and his decisions. I think I don't know if we'll talk about that today or maybe another time, but people need to really be introspective. And I think there's a lot of blaming the other side right now where Trump did no wrong. It's like Trump strategically wasn't that great on a lot of issues. And I think the fact that, for example, the Democrats were coming out with anti-vaccine propaganda, like that should have been... Oh my goodness. 24-7 news that Trump could have run with and throwing it in their face now. Like he should be all over the internet basically saying like, hey, I delivered on my promise. And the Democrats, including Kamala Harris on live TV, said that she wouldn't take the vaccine. Like, these are the people who just got in. Yeah, I mean, so the, the I'm fa- a little disappointed. The fact that Biden and Harris told the American public not to take a vaccine because orange man bad, should mm-hmm. have, that should have been disqualifying. Yes. I mean, that, that, they should Absolutely. have immediately lost the race right then. I mean, that's that's irresponsible. It's, I mean, e- I'd go far to say it evil. I mean, that's an evil, evil thing to say uh, that, that could potentially cost thousands of people their lives. Um, it, you know, it's, it's funny, man. I, I was discussing this with, with somebody this morning. Um, it's, it's discouraging with Pfizer developing this, this, this vaccine, obviously amazing. It's great. Uh, wait, waiting <laughs> a week after the election to announce it. it. It's, it's, it's discouraging looking at what we as conservatives are up against, right? Like our battle isn't just with the Democrats. It's with the entire media. It's with the entire culture. It's with big tech. Apparently now it's with big pharma. 
<laughs> you know, if you look at the financials of all of it, we're outspent two to one in every single race going from, you know, local races, congressional races, presidential races, every single time we're outspent two to one. It's like, and even if we win, the left tries to cheat. So it's like, <laughs> it's like we're, we're, we're up against, it's us against the world, man. And it is, uh, I've seen a lot of conservatives kind of waking up and realizing this and getting really discouraged. I'm not, I'm not saying this is to discourage anybody, but we need to. We need to be cognizant of what we are up against. It's not again. We're not up against Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. We're up against everything, like <clears throat> every institution, the deep state, the entire culture. Apparently, Pfizer, you know, is working to elect Democrats. You know, like it is really up against us against the world. I, I'm not. I don't know what we do about that. You know, we just continue being happy warriors and fighting the good fight. You know, but it, it is. You know, in every race moving forward, we. It's not. We're not fighting against the Democrats, man. We're we're up against much more powerful people than Democratic politicians. Oh, that's for sure. It's all one big um, blob of power. I guess is the only really way to put it. I, something I said at the end of the election coverage on the Daily Wire, and um, I was in the war room there, and we all came out and kind of gave a summation at the end of the night. One thing I I push was we need to be looking at this as a battle against the media. I think the media is the key to all of this. Yes. If they if we can loosen their grip on reality, then it becomes a much fairer fight. Because imagine the last four years if there had been an objective media. Like, Trump would be viewed as one of the most successful presidents of all time. Like, sure, he's done a lot of stupid stuff. He's said a lot of stupid stuff. But in terms of raw achievement, it's truly unbelievable. I mean, when he came in to power, the Middle East was on fire. And now we've got countries that didn't believe Israel has a right to exist and every single Jewish person should be driven into the sea. They are now recognizing Israel's right to exist on the planet. It's, it's an amazing achievement that if Joe Biden or Obama did, they, he would be hailed as the next coming of Jesus Christ. I mean, that is literally the language they would be using. Like, he has solved um, the peace in the Middle East problem, which everyone, again, laughed in his face that he said he would do. But because the media is who the media are, it's like it never happened. Or, it's, oh, this is on the back of Obama's policy, which is apparently, I mean, it's sort of true in that Obama created... Iran as a regional superpower that made all the other Arab countries around them more nervous. But we have to beat the media because they are the key to the reality a lot of people live in. If we don't beat the media and beat objectivity back into them, then it's really, it doesn't matter what the reality we live in. If the vast majority of Americans live in a different reality, it's very hard to reach them. Yeah, I mean, controlling the press is how you, you, you know, you build up a, a communist state, um, and the mm -hmm. Democrats do. So, um, you're absolutely right there. Uh, I may not t tell you what. The biggest loser in this election is anybody living in the Middle East. <laughs> I mean, my goodness. Yeah. I mean, Joe Biden is promising day one to basically upend Trump's foreign policy, which has been terrific, and, and re-engage with Iran and, and hand Iran more regional power and all of this. It's like, man, all of the wrong people, all of the wrong people are happy with a Biden win. You know, I, you know, all the way from Bernie Sanders all the way to Dick Cheney, right? Um, it's just when one the note on when the communists are happy and the warhawks are happy. I am not happy. Yeah. Well, one note on the foreign policy. It's important to remember with Biden, he has been wrong on foreign policy Everything. his entire career. Yes. Like he was against Reagan's work to end the Cold War. Yes. He was against the first Iraq war and for the second one. <laughs> he is just every single possible state um, position yeah. he's had on foreign policy. He's been wrong. Yes. And it so people what get ready to watch the world burn. It's going to be horrendous. I mean, he's, if it wasn't so evil, it would be hilarious. I mean, Joe Biden <laughs> has literally for 50 years been wrong about everything. 
I mean, it's like he's wanted to kill every Muslim in the Middle East except for Osama bin Laden. (laughs) He's been for all these wars, the war in Iraq, the war in Afghanistan. You know, he he was vice president when when Barack Obama dropped more bombs than any president in history. And and then when the time comes to to take out Osama bin Laden, the world's most wanted man, he, he advised against it. I mean, it's like how it, it takes a real talent to be that wrong that consistently. It's insane. And it's just going to continue. I mean, you think any of that's going to get better with him at the helm oh and goodness. then Kamala Harris cackling in the background? Oh, my goodness. You know, we, we, you just mentioned that our fight is against the media, and I totally agree. Um, one thing I've been seeing a lot on the right uh, on Twitter this morning is everybody's really pushing Parler really hard. And, I mean, I like Parler. I'm on Parler. You're on Parler, right, Ian? Yeah. Not that often, but I'm on there. Yeah, I, I'm not on there much, but I, I'm on there. Um, I'll try to post more on everything. Um, but you know, I'm fine with it. I'm, I'm, you know, hey, capitalism, you know, if you don't like Twitter, build your own Twitter. And they did. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's a good thing. You know, the product seems fine. I think it is a horrible mistake. I mean, you're seeing all across Twitter, conservatives deleting their Twitter accounts, saying, I'm out of Twitter. I'm tired of being censored. Obviously, Twitter is insane. They're run by a bunch of communists. They censor the president of the United States. They're engaged in truly evil, disgusting behavior. I'm not, no argument for me there. But it is a ridiculous tactical mistake for conservatives to be pushing Parler like this. I mean, look, Parler is just a right-wing echo chamber. There's no liberals on Parler. Twitter is the battlefield where the battle of, of over these ideas is being waged. I mean, I, I don't see why conservatives taking our ball and going home is going to help. Ch- You're not changing hearts and minds on Parler. There's, there will be zero minds changed, zero votes changed. On Parler, I know myself personally. I've changed a lot of votes on Twitter. Okay, I, I've I've turned a lot of people through this show and through Twitter into conservatives and libertarians. I, okay, like we can win. We can win hearts and minds on Twitter. It's not going to happen on Parler. And and I just don't understand why a lot of these conservatives are are getting behind this whole delete Twitter and let's all move over to Parler thing. It's like guys, get in the fight. Get, get in the game, guys. Like, I don't know why sitting on the bench is, is a good idea. Like, I think it's just a, a huge tactical error by a lot of people on the right. Yeah, I agree. I also think it's indicative of the wider problem as to why Trump likely lost this election. It's this obsession with thinking that speaking to people who already agree has any impact on the outcome. Because that's basically what Parler is, right? And that's what Twitter is for a lot of people, where you are speaking to an audience who already agree with you. Everyone's applauding each other. It's like the media applauding each other for being activists. It's all the same problem. And Trump didn't speak to a lot of people in the middle. He spoke to them, but not effectively enough. And that's what conservatives need to be doing, as you said, on Twitter, is speaking to those people in the middle. You're not going to reach the the crazy far leftists who truly believe in communism or Marxism. It's going to be very hard to change their mind. But there are truly millions of people in the middle who saw this choice as another 2016, where it's like, well, I don't like either, but which do I pick? And by going to parlor and basically isolating themselves from this debate it makes people feel good and i I think parlor is an important platform in the way that it provides better free speech protections things like that there's a lot of people who haven't reached that point yet i think maybe we might need that platform in the future when those people in the middle are turned off by twitter but as long as there are enough people in these arenas that we need to reach we can't be leaving because we're just as you said we're abandoning them to the left and the only voice they'll hear is the left it's 
it's very short-sighted. I think we, we've got to stop making the same mistakes that the left make, which is just to surround ourselves by people who agree with us. Yeah, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. Um, to, I just encourage stay on Twitter. I know Twitter's annoying. I know it's awful. I know it's run by a bunch of commies that want to silence you. Deal with it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so stay in the game. Get in the game anyway. Mm-hmm. Okay. Don't take your ball and go home. Uh, you know, bring the fight to where where the fight is is actually being had, and that's on Twitter. That's on Facebook. That's you know, it's not on Parler. <laughs> Parler is a bunch of Trump memes. Okay, I, I like Trump memes as much as the next guy, but come on, come on, guys. Look, I, obviously, we don't need to get into the nitty gritty and and you know which states are going to have recounts, where there's these lawsuits being filed. I, you know, the the press has declared that Joe Biden's the winner. That's irresponsible and wrong. Uh, obviously, it's wrong to declare a winner. Joe Biden will mo- more than likely be the next president. We obviously have to let the legal process play out. There's lawsuits in Pennsylvania, Michigan, elsewhere. I believe there's already uh, been a recount triggered in Georgia. We don't really need to get deep into that. Biden's probably going to win, but, you know, we'll wait and see. You know, there'll be recounts. There'll be lawsuits. We'll see what happens. Um, and we don't need to get too much into that. But, like, I, I compartmentalize things. That's how my brain works. So, like, and I'm sorry, and I know a lot of you guys don't want to hear this, and maybe I'm wrong. Hey, maybe Trump somehow pulls it out. I don't know. In my mind, I've already kind of moved on because that's just how I, I can't like I can't like I, I don't know. I, I can't just think about the same thing over and I'll literally drive myself insane. So I've kind of moved on from this election. And uh, look, the next fight is January 5th in Georgia. And mm-hmm. this one is for all the marbles. This one is for the future of the Republic. You know, both both Georgia Senate races are going to a runoff. We need both David Perdue and Kelly Loeffler uh, reelected. We need them as U.S. senators. Uh, the difference between a 50-50 split with Kamala Harris as the tiebreaker and a 52-48 Republican majority is huge. Um, honestly, I wouldn't be comfortable with a 51-49. Uh, there's still Susan Collins out there. There's still Lisa Murkowski out there. They're both leftists. Um, we need both of these. I, I, I hope uh, we on the right can focus on Georgia. We're going to be outspent 2-1 to because we're always outspent 2-1. to one. The Hollywood money is going to come in hard for these Democratic candidates. Um, we need to focus on Georgia. We need to win these two races. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the Senate is really key to a lot of this. If we have, as as is likely to be the outcome, Biden and Harris being the winners, it's going to be crucial that the Senate is held. Otherwise, there's going to be really no gatekeeper to all of the crazy things they have openly said they want to do. Because Biden is not going to be running the ship. Kamala Harris is going to be running the ship. And she is the most liberal senator. And she's an open leftist. I mean, she was one of the original co uh, co-sponsors of the Green New Deal. Like, that is where she is coming from. And so every gatekeeper we can possibly have to their outrageous power is important. And the Senate is really our last stand. And so Georgia, as you say, I agree completely, has to be our, our focus because you've got Stacey Abrams coming out. She did a really large push for voter turnout in the general election. I'm sure she's going to be front and center as the rightful governor of Georgia should be, you know. So I think it's just it's terrifying that I, I think we're we're all we're all in danger of almost being complacent in our loss where we yep. think this is as bad as it can get. And can. then we may wake up on January 6th or whenever the fi- count is finished. I mean, Georgia's been at 98 percent plus for days now. So who knows? But I, I am terrified, honestly terrified of either. um I don't think it's possible for us to lose the Senate now, but effectively 50-50 is losing the Senate yes. because Kamala Harris yeah. will walk up there in her converses, do that little dance she did and just laugh as she 
bangs that gavel and, and destroys American freedoms with a smile on her face. So 50-50 is losing the Senate. We desperately need to hold on to it. And I hope that we can wrap up the results in one way or the other before that so that we can all consolidate our focus onto Georgia. If Trump is still fighting the results on know. January 5th, we're in danger of really missing what becomes important. I know. I'm terrified. I'm terrified that that's going to happen. Um, the longer this drags on, the, the less money is going to be raised for Purdue and Leffler. Um, we, we need to focus on Georgia. We need we need these two these two senators reelected. Uh, there's no way around it. Um, because look, I don't I don't think the communist left is ever complacent. <laughs> okay? No, I, 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 I think they have an endless supply of energy. They have an endless supply of money. Uh, it's on us. I mean, please donate to these two campaigns. I'll I'll be tweeting links out daily. Uh, to where you can support Purdue and Leffler, um, we cannot, we cannot, we can't take an L here. And and look, we need to win in fraud-proof majorities, right? I mean, the left <laughs> will try to cheat. I mean, there's the the left tried to cheat. Uh, I don't know if they're successful or not in Georgia in in the general. Um, they're going to try to cheat in both of these Senate races. So we need to win big. Okay, if it's close, the left might be able to you know steal these seats. So we need to win. We need to win big. Just also, it can't be. I think this election has shown that the mail-in voting fiasco is absurd and, and absurd. cannot happen again. Insane. I mean, regard, even if it was legitimate, like I don't think fraud is as bad as people are saying it is. But the, the damage this has done to the integrity of elections is really terrifying. Yeah. The fact that California can send out tens of millions of ballots just into the ether and shrug at the very notion that some of them may be intercepted or destroyed. I have friends who received multiple ballots I have some friends who receive no ballots. It is ridiculous. And this has to change now. And I'm very I'm also very worried that because with Democrats are likely to be in a lot of areas of power, they're not going to see this as a bad as a bad thing. I mean, if Trump won through mail in voting, that would be changed overnight. But we need to, again, focus on this fight because it inherently advantages people who want to um, basically implement fraud on the system. I'm not saying that necessarily happened this time, but the risk of it is bad enough. We need to be building systems where there is as reduced risk as possible of fraud. And that's simply not happening right now. This is so open for fraud. And the way the media, again, is just gaslighting you by saying that there's no evidence of it. It's like, this is unprecedented what we just did. And it was a mess. We still haven't called races in multiple states. It's insane. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I don't know who's going to you know, trust our, our election process ever again. Um I mean, the, the the breakdown in the trust between the people and our institutions is just, mm-hmm. I, 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 I didn't think it would get this bad this fast. You know, I, I don't know. We're, we're election season every two years is going to be rough for the yes. foreseeable future. And that really sucks. I have no, I, I don't know. I don't have a prescription on, on how to fix this other than just getting rid of mail-in voting and just everybody vote on election day like normal adults. I guess that would do the trick, but that's never going to happen. The Democrats know that they can use mail-in voting to win, so they're never going to they're never going to give up on it. Uh, w- one more thing before I let you go, Ian. Um, one thing I just have absolutely no patience for is the left calling for unity. <laughs> <laughs> one, I mean, they, these the, Joe Biden is not the president-elect yet. Okay, so you know, miss me with that anyway. But for four years, I've been called a racist, sexist Nazi because I'm a Republican. Okay, these people hate me. Okay, like I've watched Democrats burn cities down because there's a Republican president. 
which is why they've been burning cities down. It has mm-hmm. nothing to do with George Floyd. It's just they don't like Trump, so they're going to burn cities down. I, I mean, I, I've seen everything I hold dear mocked relentlessly by the left and the press, and now they want unity? Democrats are making doxing lists of Republicans at the same time Joe Biden mm-hmm. is calling for unity. It's absolutely pathetic. It's it's hardly surprising. It's absolutely absurd. And again, this is something that a halfway honest media would even ask one uncomfortable question about. Joe Biden compared Trump to Joseph Goebbels two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. And now he's calling for unity, saying we're not enemies. Joe Biden was running election campaigns one week ago, saying vote like your life depends on it. You vote like your life depends on it if your life is at risk and someone who risks your life is an enemy. The fact that he can now come across as this unifying character and that Kamala Harris can do the same when she looked in Joe Biden's face and called him a racist rapist and the media can just clap and smile is disgusting. I mean, I'm used at this point to being called a Nazi. I mean, we're not the first Republicans to be called Nazis. We certainly won't be the last ones. They called George Bush a Nazi. They called Mitt Romney a Nazi. They're going to call the next, like whether it's Nikki Haley, Dan Crenshaw, Ted Cruz, that's going to be the next Nazi, and they'll have a newfound respect for Donald Trump. Their pattern is the same. It's just revolting that the mainstream media can not see a single problem in this rhetoric, that they can spend four years labeling us all as racist Nazi bigots. And then the second he wins, oh, we should unify around me. It's like, go screw yourself. Just yeah, go screw yourself. Yeah. yeah, I have no patience for it. They can go screw themselves. <clears throat> Excuse me. Will the press under a Joe Biden, Kamala Harris administration, last question before I let you go. Will the press revert back to how they covered Obama, which is just, uh, uh, what's her name? In that, what's the movie with the they have blindfolds on the whole time? If they take the blindfolds off, like weird monsters will kill them or whatever. What? Oh yeah, I can't I can't remember the name. But it's with the um... Bird Box. Oh, is it Bird Box? Yes, Bird Box. Yes, yeah. Sandra Bullock and Bird Box. Where did they just see no evil? Uh, don't don't worry about all the the Middle East going up in flames and <laughs> and all the the ridiculous unconstitutional executive orders. You know, will they will they go back to that where they just don't cover anything or or. Will they go straight up Chinese Communist Party style state run media? I think it's the latter because they, they these people in the press, these degenerates. They, I mean, the, the mask is, is so far off right now that they, they can't even pretend to be objective. They can't. I mean, they could at least in, in the past just pretend they, they could see we're, we're the same. We're just like, you know, Walter Cronkite, you know, Walter Cronkite was a dirty commie, too, but. You know, they they could at least say, hey, no, we're the press, we're objective, we don't root for a side. I, they can't, like, even leftists aren't buying that at this point. I think they have no choice but to just go state-run media and just propagandize on, on the behalf of the Biden administration. What do you think? Oh, yeah, I agree. I, I can't see them falling back to, I don't want to say just what they have during Obama, because Obama, <laughs> that was the evil media enough, was right? I mean, their coverage yeah, of Obama was evil enough, my goodness. But I think the veil has been pulled off at this point. Like they, They've been full on promoting Joe Biden. They have been part of Joe Biden's campaign. And I don't see why they would change now because they've got away with it. Like the, we, we talk about this every time. I feel like we are the consumers of media. Like We are the people who have a chance to reject this. But as long as people keep watching, and I think a lot of people who voted for Biden will 
keep watching the media because they're just reinforcing the decision they made. I mean, it's same thing as, as Parler, same thing as a lot of people who go to a bubble just to be told they're right. If you've got the entire mainstream media just saying that everything Joe Biden does is wonderful, that he's actually solving the Middle East, even if the Middle East blows up in flames and ISIS comes back, which is very likely under his policies, we are going to see just out, outright lies in the media from now on. And I think it's our job as like you and I as conservatives in this space is to try and call their, every single lie they they promote out because it's all we can do. Um, there's there's really no large alternative. I know the Daily Wire is doing a lot of work right now as like basically trying to replace the legacy media, but I don't think people realize how powerful the media is. Like the New York Times has a billion dollars in turnover a year. Like that's how much money they have to pour into this. It's very hard to compete with institutions who are part of our very system of society and have been for decades. And so I think people need to be aware, like the things you see now are not going to be real. There are just going to be lies and you need to be aware and, and really be self-critical and critical of what you're seeing. I agree. Um, not to be a Debbie Downer, but I, I think with, with, you need to see it with Twitter too. Like the, the argument for, for going over to parlor is like, Oh, well, if we all, delete our Twitter accounts, you know, their, their stock price will plummet, you know, they'll lose a bunch of money and they'll have to, you know, become a normal company that actually cares about free speech again. I don't think that's true with, with Twitter, with the New York times. I, I don't think they care about money. Um, I don't think they care about stockholders. I think they just want to destroy Republicans. I, I don't think so. It's like, just turning off CNN, I don't think that does anything. They could lose billions a year, and they're still going to propagandize on, on behalf of Democrats. I don't think—I think, I think it's, it's all about ideology. It's, it's more important to them that we lose than money. I mean, they'd rather go under 10 times out of 10 than see Donald Trump reelected. So it's like, we need to crush them. We need to discredit—these people need to be so discredited that people just turn it off and laugh. It's like— the only way to beat these people is to make it so people, when, when you see a journalist, you start laughing at them. Like, we need to make it so obvious that these people are clowns that nobody takes them seriously anymore. Just getting mm -hmm. people to turn off the TV is not gonna, it's not enough. Well, especially, you've got to think about the scale of it. I think a lot of, this is another mistake a lot of pro-Trump people made, is they assume that they were 50% of the country. They're really not. Like, Trump's base is between, say, 10 and 20%, give or take. Yeah. So if, if CNN lose... A small proportion of those people who happen to still be watching CNN, that's not really that big an impact on them. We need to be doing the work to try and get the people in the middle to be turning CNN off. Yes. Like that giant chunk of the population in the middle, that's the goal. It doesn't matter if you or I stop watching CNN, but it matters if the vast majority of the country stops watching CNN. And so we need to be focusing on this with some real understanding of the demographics of the country, which I, I, I this is the problem with the silent majority position. There's no real evidence that it is a silent majority. There's certainly a silent um, plurality, perhaps, or like a, just a large number of people who are shy Trump voters. But just this assumption that there is a silent majority and they're all super pro-Trump, it's just not really supported by evidence. And I think people need to realize that there are a lot of people who are in the middle, maybe not even that political, but who want to be told the truth. And we, those are the people we need to be reaching. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Ian, I appreciate you, my brother. Uh, where can everybody uh, check out your show, which is outstanding? Where can everybody follow you online and keep in touch and all that good stuff? Yeah, so you can find uh, me on all social media, I-G-H-A-W-O-R-T-H. 
Uh, you can also find my two podcasts, which are the Ian House Show and The Truth in 60 Seconds. You can find them on YouTube or my website, com. I haven't done many shows recently because the election has been insane, but I hope to get back to that soon. And I hope you'll come back and uh, we can chat more about this on my show. Absolutely. Love to do it. Everybody follow Ian. He's great. That's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Wednesday. No gimmicks. Thank you.